So Matthew 5, 10 through 12, wrapping up the Beatitudes, like I said. Um, the Beatitudes or the blessings. We've gone down the list. I won't do a full recap. Last time I did that um, when I taught, um, Pastor John Corson would say, go, go grab the tape. But I, we have podcasts now, so no, no, no need for the tape. If you want to look back um, or read back um, to get the recap on all of these, David's been doing a great job through them. Um, but we've basically been seeing what the Lord has for the believer. We're realizing, hey, it's a blessing when we're poor in spirit. It's a blessing when we're meek, uh, when you're a peacemaker, when you're merciful. All these things that the Lord is revealing to us as believers, little by little, as we're walking with Him, as we're uh, pursuing righteousness, as we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, the Lord is doing a work in us, and it is a blessing to the believer. It's a blessing to us when we put it into practice. Amen? Cool. Here we're going to see that worked out practically and what it means for the believer as we put into play the things that the Lord says, hey, this is a blessing to you. But tonight we're going to see how the world reacts to that and what should be our response to what the world sees in us as we're changed. Amen? So verse 10 Blessed, I'm going to say it again, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Most of you guys know my dad, my pops, Jason Beale. Um, if you don't know, um, I grew up a pastor's kid. Pastor my whole life growing up. That's all I know he ever did. Um, he didn't do anything on the side. He was blessed in a for really fortunate situation where he was a full-time pastor. He was able to just um, do that and that alone. But one of his MOs when he's studying for a teaching, and actually David and I talked about this just now. Um, as he was preparing for a sermon or wrapping it up, he would often grab his Bible, head out the door, and go on a prayer walk. And so it would be him, his word, he'd be praying, or he'd be out loud verbally, kind of going over the teaching in his head. Um, not in his head, I'm sorry, verbally. And <laughs> I didn't know this, but a few years back while I was living in Oregon still, he like told this story, and it cracked me up. And I, it cracks him up too, and I hope he hears this, and I'm sure he'll get a good laugh out of it. But he's praying out loud. He's walking down the street, and there was this person like across the street. If I'm not telling the story correctly, I'm sure he'll correct me. Um, but this guy kind of sees my dad walking and praying and teaching, and he goes, what's up, Bible boy? <laughs> and like to me now, it's, it's hilarious. And I think even in the moment, my dad was like, Bible boy. Good one, dude. And <laughs> kind of lightly, it's, it's more jokingly now, but I'm sure that individual, when he was taking that jab at my dad, was like, oh yeah, this is going to get him. And maybe even in my dad's heart, it was like, hey man, like I'm just, I'm praying, I'm seeking the Lord, and out of left field, I get a Bible boy? Well, that's brutal. But here in verse 10, we see that 
as we, like I said earlier, are practically putting into play these things that the Lord said, hey, this is a blessing to you. Blessed are you if you're a peacemaker, if you're merciful, if you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness. We see that we are blessed when we're persecuted. I looked into the word persecution a little bit, and I actually don't have the uh, definition in front of me, but I have the gist of it. It's being pursued with evil or wicked intent to harm. So when we're walking closely to Jesus, the Lord says in his word, hey, blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. And that's, at least in my life, and actually I was sharing this with Steve, part of my hesitancy with wanting to teach was knowing that, hey, when I step up to the plate in an instance, or when we step up to the plate spiritually and say, okay, Lord, this is no longer just head service, boom, done. I'm going to go live my life the way I want to. But when we say, okay, Lord, I see what you have for me in your word, and you've called me to action. You want me to put your truth, to put this word into play practically in my life. We know as believers, and I'm sure many of you have felt it, there's opposition. There's a real, real battle. Um, And here, it's more in the connotation of verbally, but we know also, also, and likewise, across the world, there are those who are murdered for their faith, beaten, um, ripped out of their homes, thrown in jail. Um, It is not okay in the world's eyes, and it is not okay Um, whether it be internationally or here at home, to practically live out God's word. Um, And as I was looking into that a little bit, um, I looked at verse 10. It says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now we know, and uh, David actually taught on this, that righteousness' sake, that doesn't mean, hey, blessed are you when you're perfect. When you do things perfectly or when you are fully righteous, that's when you're, when you're persecuted, then you're blessed. We talked about, hey, this is our heart posture to what the Lord's been telling us and us saying, okay, I want to live uprightly. If the world's saying, hey, dude, take that extra drink. Like, what's a, what's a heavier buzz? Go for it. And when we say as believers, like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to go to the bars. Hey, man, you guys are pretty committed like it you guys have been together for a long time like what's the harm just shack up live in the same place it's it's no harm it's good in god uh, in god's eyes right hey like you guys have made that commitment internally go for it but when we say no i'm not going to do that god's word is clear if we are living righteously there's that persecution that attack um and so the encouragement that I have um, for this verse is, hey guys, let's live righteously. And it's, it's pretty upfront and it's pretty simple. Um, but adversely, if you guys can quickly, um, actually I'll go there um, without you guys going there. Um, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, we see kind of the, the flip side of that. It says, if you're approached for the name of Christ, Blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. I like that verse. Hey, 
when we endure that persecution for righteousness sake, hey, the glory of God is resting upon us. Amen. <clears throat> we have that promise and we have that fact in God's word that says, hey, if you're living for the Lord, if you're living righteously and you're persecuted for my name's sake, hey, on their end, the Lord's being blasphemed, but on your end, he's being glorified in your life. Um, and then 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. So adversely, we see, hey, there's suffering for righteousness sake, but the danger as a Christian when we come against persecution is if we're living unrighteously and doing what we want, I'll stay at the bars a little later. I'll do this. I don't mind sleeping around with my girlfriend. I don't mind doing X, Y, Z. Then when we suffer persecution, we can't go, Lord, I'm being persecuted for my faith. No, you're just being a dingus. And I'm guilty of that. Um, back, way back in the day, um, I remember picking up one of my buddy's friends, and he had one of his friends from college. And no doubt we were going to do something stupid, whether it was drink or smoke or whatever, just being a dummy. And my Bible was sitting in the back seat. Just, that's where it usually stayed, unfortunately, for a lot of my really early 20s. I just I had it in the car. I'll get to it. I'm going to read it. But I just chucked it back there, and I drove that car around to do a lot of stupid stuff. And I remember this kid looked back, and he's like, oh, a Bible. It's more than a book. And I remember my heart was just enraged. And I was like, I knew it was wrong, and I knew it wasn't okay. But what were we going to go do? We were going to go do something stupid. And so it was this, this case of, hey, I was living in an unholy manner. I was being a dummy living unrighteously and I was facing persecution because like I told the guy like oh yeah I'm a Christian and then went off and did my own thing so we need to be careful and understand the difference as believers when we are living for the Lord we will face persecution but when we do let's let it be for righteousness sake amen we don't want to be the believers who, and I understand that, hey, we, we have a past. If you were living in such a manner and the Lord grabs your heart and turns you around and there's repentance and maybe you're in the same community, but people say, I know this guy. He, did, he used to do this, used to do that. This guy, he doesn't really mean it. It's not legitimate. It hasn't really taken heart and we can't really take this guy seriously. There's a difference than just being a fool and doing things the way the world sees, or living in the world as worldly individuals, as a Christian, and saying, Lord, I'm being persecuted. There is a massive difference. So if we're going to be persecuted, church, I hope it's because we're living righteously. Um, thinking about that and thinking through that a little bit, um, obviously, it sounds funny saying it, but we should be going through persecution. And I hope we are. And I say that carefully because I hope my intent in saying that is not saying, I hope you're going through really rough things right now. I hope your life's a mess because it means you're living righteously. Um, yes and no. We know that for a fact, hey, if we're living for the Lord, these things will happen. Um, 
but also understanding it's not to make light of that persecution. Um, the Lord is with you in those hard things. Steve and I were talking about last week um, when I told him, hey, I'll take this next week, which was silly. If you're looking forward to a passage and you're teaching and it says persecution, <laughs> just let it go. Just kidding. Um, but we were talking about how oftentimes, um, and one example in the New Testament when uh, Jesus says, hey, boys, disciples, hop in the boat, go across the Galilee, Galilee, I'll meet you on the other side. The raging tempest hits. They're in the boat. They're doing what the Lord said to do. They were trying to be obedient to his word. Hey, Jesus said, get in the boat and cross. So that's what we're doing. And the tempest hit. And I wonder if in the boat they're like, what in the world? Okay, we're doing what you told us to do. And whammo, here we are in the tempest. But the Lord allowed that to take place and also the Lord was with them. Remember, he came walking out on the water. And that's when Peter, when he was keeping his eyes on the Lord, was able to walk on water to Jesus, took his eyes off the Lord, and he sunk. Same thing similarly with us. When we're going through that persecution, keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Understand, hey, the Lord's allowed this in my life. He understands what I'm going through. I want to keep close to Jesus. I don't want to say, oh Lord, this is hard. Where are you? You've forsaken me and then sink. Amen? Um, I think about Job when the Lord says like to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? I hope that's us. Hey, have you considered my servant Austin? Hey, have you considered my servant Jared? I hope that's us. Um, I really do. And it's hard. And I think one of the tough things about that, knowing full well, if we want to live for the Lord, if we want to live righteously, we know we're going to come against it. But I hope that we understand, hey, you are blessed. God's word is true. 11, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Again, we see in verse 11, hey, we are blessed. When we're being persecuted for righteousness sake, there's a promise attached to it. And I think if we're going through that persecution, excuse me. It's mm, good stuff. The Lord promises that there is a blessing. And we're going to get that to verse 12. So we're not just going through it for going through its sake. The Lord says, hey, you'll be blessed when these things happen to you. Let's trust him. Amen. Blessed are, though, or blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. So again, we see it's that, it's that verbal thing. Um, they're going to speak evil against you. It could be false. I don't know if you guys have been in that spot. Maybe you've lost a job. Lord, I tried living for you. I was being righteous. I, I, I was following you, staying close to you, living, wanting to live righteously. And I got slandered. My back was turned and evil was spoken against me. I lost my job. I lost my good standing with maybe a relative. Um, and those things are hard. So it's not, again, to make light of those certain things. But we need to be aware and expect it. Um, we need to be willing to... Mm, we need to be willing 
to suffer those things well for the Lord. Um, I was thinking about in, I think it's John 15, um, the servant is not greater than the master. The Lord went through these things. The Lord was spoken evil against. The Lord was slandered. The Lord, Jesus, had lies spoken about him. If that was the truth for our king, our savior, we should be right in line. We should say, okay, Lord, you went through these things, so I want to boldly go through these things as well. I want to be able to step up to the plate and be willing to be slandered. The servant is not greater than the master. If he would do it and did it well, he did it perfectly. And we may not do it perfectly, um, but we want to be right in line with what Jesus has for us. Amen? Verse 12, a toughie. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I can't say that I rejoice well when I'm persecuted. I can't say that I'm the one that's just stoked. And I I think if we're honest with ourselves, that's not our natural first reaction is, yes, oh, that lie was awesome. Lord, thank you. Oh, I'm so stoked that I got persecuted. Where's my, thought I spilled this. Could have been terrible. Spilt coffee. But that is what we're called to do. Amen? I ran into a brother, actually, I went to study and kind of nailed down some stuff at Kaibar before, before tonight. And I ran into a buddy um, who lives in Texas now, but he's here for work. And we were talking about that. And we're like, that seems like such a bizarre thing to be told. Like, we know it's hard. We know it's really hard sometimes. It's not a fun thing to be persecuted. It's not a fun thing to be lied about to be slandered, and yet here we're told in verse 12, hey, rejoice and be exceedingly glad by the Lord. This is in red. And it's like, Lord, how in the world do you want me to do that? This seems so impractical. But then we talked a little more, and this isn't like an enjoyment thing, which an enjoyment is like, this is the reaction kind of naturally of something that's happened to you. Our natural reaction is probably anger, probably confrontation. Hey, why did you say that? What are you talking about? That's not cool. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, glad is a calculated step. When we say, hey, I was hurt by that. That sucked. I'm hurt. But we say, but Lord, you tell me in your word that I'm to rejoice. So I am going to rejoice. I am going to be glad exceedingly. Um, And I know that's hard. And we can't do any of that without the Lord. We can't do any of that apart from His Holy Spirit. In my flesh, I want to pop people back. I want to slander back. I, since I was really young, am like sharp with my tongue. And I don't know if you guys are that way too, but if I'm not spending time with the Lord, if I'm not close with the Lord and filled with this Holy Spirit, my instant reaction, my kick reaction is a sharp tongue. And it's not good. And it's backbiting. But when we are close with the Lord and filled with His Holy Spirit, we can say, mm, Lord, that was rough. But you've called me to rejoice, 
to be exceedingly glad. So fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can be. I think about that. Um, I forget where the passage is, but forgive me. But it says, um, oh, I'm so sorry. But basically it talks about how when we are living righteously, we'll be heaping coals of, what, what passage is that? Heaping coals of fire on their head. Yeah. Basically the implication is it's not to heap coals of fire on those who persecute you, persecute you use their head as in a, hey, got you back. But it's more of a, when we respond correctly and we respond full of the Spirit, it's more of a, oh, it, it turns the mirror back on themselves and say, ooh, like why did that person react so well? What, what did I do? What's wrong inward? What's wrong here? And I think that's what the Lord desires to do in and through us. Um, that's really, oh, no, it's not. That's not it. Sorry, guys. I'm shooting for a shortest sermon here, so I got a little too eager. For great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When you are persecuted, when you are slandered, the Lord says, and I think this is really cool, hey, when you endure, when you're persecuted for righteousness sake, hey, there's a reward for you. And we need to remember that as Christians. Those quick backbitings or whatever it is, things that hurt you, hey, that's really, really temporary. It's really, really temporary. And I don't mean to belittle hard situations. I don't know what you guys have been through. Maybe it's really challenging. Maybe it's and been years of something that has you felt the causes of, you felt the effects of, of what somebody said or what somebody did to you, how they persecuted you. Maybe it's, maybe it's been a really long time that you've dealt with that. But the Lord says, hey, great is your reward in heaven. Guys, there's going to be a day where all of those wrongs are handled perfectly by our king and our judge. It's going to be handled to the T. And not only that, there's going to be a reward for us in heaven. Amen. And there's, it's easy to forget that. But I think that's key. When we have our eyes, like Paul, when he was on the water, fixed on Jesus, when we're walking and we have our eyes fixed on eternity, fixed on the finished work of the cross, we can say, Lord, this sucks. <laughs> this is rough, but I know that you see it, you're going to handle it, and that I have a reward waiting for me, which at the end of the day, we're just going to toss back at his feet. Amen? It's going to be all glory to Jesus. When he fills you up with the patience or the correct words to say in those situations, it's not going to be something that we boastfully get to say, oh, I really handled that well. I, re I really handled that well. You're welcome, Lord. <laughs> Absolutely not. We're going to say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the ability to act meek, to be patient, to be long-suffering. It's all because of you. Amen? And then it, lastly, and this is lastly, we're in good company. We're in good company. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Written in the New Testament, now to us there's the prophets and the disciples and the awesome godly figures that have lived prior to now. We get to say, hey, we're not alone. I'm not solo on this thing. I get to endure what Jesus went through, 
what Paul went through, what Peter went through, what Jeremiah went through, and we get to identify ourselves closely with those giants of the faith. We get to say, hey, I'm not alone. And not only are we with the Lord, but someday there's going to be a massive host of others that are going to be stoked uh, when we per- or persevered through that persecution. Um, that's really all I have tonight. I'm sorry if that was short. You can never see the clock anyway. The glare is mean. I saw earlier I said that we're doing a time of prayer. Are we doing that tonight? Or just, uh, I'll pray for you guys. <sighs> Father, thank you for the simplicity of your word. We're going to go up against it. We're in a real battle. Not of flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers. Lord, we know that Satan hates our guts. But greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Thank you that when we're persecuted and you get the glory for that. So Father, would we please keep that in mind when we understand that this gospel is offensive. It shakes hardened hearts. It rattles a cage. But Lord, we know that it's right. And thank you that we have that peace and we get to say, Lord, it's all for your glory. I pray, Lord, that you would um, go before us. Would we not be scared to press in into righteousness, into a closer and deeper walk with you? Would we not be apprehensive because we know of the hardship ahead? But Lord, would we feel your presence with us and would we charge ahead for the things that you have for us, Lord? Um, Lord, and when we fail, And when we grow scared, would you please forgive us? And Lord, would you remind us of your goodness and your grace? We love you, Lord Jesus. In your name, amen.